The year is 1976. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is My Marvelous Year. Very clever. Hello and welcome to My Marvelous Year, the reading club and podcast where we take you from through the Marvel Universe from its origins to today. I'm Dave, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com, and I am joined today on the line on a special Sunday morning edition, Raised B by Zach Dean. How's it going, Zach? Uh, I'm pretty good. I mean, I was. Don't bring Stiltman into this. We were going to record, um, you know, our usual time. We usually record midweek, usually on New yep. Comic Book Day. But yep, uh, yep. Zach's house actually blew away. It actually blew away. And he is recording from the, uh, I don't know, like if it's the Wizard of Oz type landscape where you've fallen upon a good witch. Um, if it was just an attack by Whirlwind, uh, that longtime Wasp and Ant-Man foe, I, I can't say for certain, but I'm glad to have you back with power. Yes, yes, yes. What Dave is referring to is there was a windstorm in Connecticut and I didn't have power to record. Uh, so yeah, we're doing a nice Sunday morning recording session. Sunday morning. Ready for a little Velvet Underground? Let's go. What, uh, what's the easy like Sunday morning? Who's that? <laughs> uh, you got me stumped. Crosby Stills and Nash? I don't know. No, no. There's no, no Crosby. Here's the thing. I will declare up front. Not a Crosby Stills, Lionel Rich and Young Guy. What the hell was I talking about? That makes more sense. Yeah, that you know I often get Crosby Lionel specifically Richie mixed up Neil with Lionel Richie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I like mean, wait, old man. Voices. It's like old man. Look at my life. I'm like, oh, is that Lionel? Is that Lionel again? <laughs> <laughs> okay All right, that's so not usually uh, what we do though we don't talk about music typically this is a variant cover we're gonna be talking about the marvel comics of 1976 we're coming off reading uh two reading lists 1976 part one and part two if you're interested in hearing about those comics going back to the previous two episodes you can find all of the issues comics that we are reading typically via marvel unlimited in the show notes or uh the easiest way is to go on over to patreon.com slash my marvelous year and zach posts weekly updates with all the upcoming lists we'll be moving on to 1977 next but right now we're going to tackle listener questions and then we're going to do some my marvelous year shared universe hero and villain updates oh yeah okay so uh we forgot to put up a poll for 1976. We didn't mm-hmm. announce one on the show, but uh, unknown to Dave, I did put up a, a quick little impromptu poll earlier this week. Sneak poll. It, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, the question was, should all references to uh, to Stiltman be banned from the My Marvelous Year podcast and community? Oh, so you put this up uh, for yourself? You're texting yourself a poll and then you replied. Well, Is that wait, right? I have, I have the results here. Um, it was pretty unanimous, like uniformly people saying, yes, it should be banned. There are three no's here. Uh, let me let me look at the... It's Jeffrey Epstein, Idi Amin, and <laughs> C.B. Sabluski. Those are the only three people who said we should continue to talk about Stiltman. I mean... The monsters of society are Stiltman fans? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, where do you land on this, Dave? Where, where would you vote in this one? So, putting me in the camp... Here's the thing that I can guarantee... Oh, no, I don't I don't want to, you know, I don't want to imply anything if you vote, uh, you know. No. Yeah, yeah, you've implied, you've implied nothing. I can guarantee you that C.B. Sabluski 
is not a real Stiltman fan. I'm calling it here, not a true <laughs> fan of the stilts. I guarantee you this, and you know how I know this? Because I'm going to tell my story again, Zach. When I was at C2E2, and I mm-hmm. made a compelling case for the Rhino on a panel of, uh, it was The Hunted for Amazing Spider-Man, it was Who's the Best Villain, I made a strong case for the Rhino, and Marvel's editor-in-chief, the monster-in-chief himself, <laughs> voted against me. I don't even remember who it was in favor of now. I think it was White Rabbit or Kangaroo, maybe? Some bogus villain over yeah, the Rhino. I don't Rhino. know who those are. Here's the thing. I don't, I hate, I hate people calling people fake fans, or I've been getting this on uh, the garbage YouTube commenters lately. I've been doing the YouTube game here on CBH a little bit more, and uh, it's 95% like amazing feedback and theories and stuff, but then you get the 5% of like, you just don't understand these characters, which is hilariously insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think sure. CB, I don't think he understands Stiltman or the Rhino. I'm going to call it. I'm calling his fan card. So you're starting to get a little uh, YouTube YouTube flack? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I've got the Combo Carol YouTube channel going. People yeah, yeah. seem to be pretty engaged with the X-Men videos. Yeah, um, I've, I've only seen like, the, real the positivity. The X-Men yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, they're a lot of fun to do. And honestly, like, I, so in my head, YouTube commenters are the dregs of the earth, you know? Like, <laughs> so it, it kind of depends on the community. Oh, it super you know? depends, apparently, yeah, because yeah, it's 95% sure. awesome. Like, it's yeah, yeah. it's it's mostly like the Comic Book Herald crowd, where it's like, people are coming in with theories, they're coming in with ideas, it's awesome. And it's like super nice, positive feedback, some of which has actually been really instructive. Um, I, I don't know, I have some reservations about whether I've asked for it or not, you know? Like, it's kind of it's weird when you're coming in with, like, super detailed, constructive criticism. Like, if we had the the podcast open to some sort of feedback channel... You know, mm-hmm. like if it was a channel that was more red, if it was like a Twitch stream or something, and yeah, people yeah, could yeah. just chat us about how to podcast. Would you find that kind of grating? Uh, no, I don't know. We haven't really received. Like, it depends who I've, it is I've and where it's s- coming from, I think. Yeah, yeah, for I'm sure. I'm talking and straight like, out of the blue. People who are like, hey, I saw a face on this video. I only want to see slides. Only do slides on YouTube videos. I'm <laughs> or, like, what? Just What's like, wrong with my face, dog? Hey, just uh, just in the future, could you just make your voice like less, uh, you know, just like bad and obnoxious? <laughs> like, yeah. I really, and, and if you could like be a little more clean shaven when you uh, record these, I really <laughs> appreciate that. It's or, very important uh, st- to me. Stop having such a weak chin. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, the chin yeah. commentary. No, so yeah, long story short, I could talk about this longer, but I've been getting some, I like, I've been getting ideas about the the X-Men universe of comics, Dawn of X right now, from YouTube commenters, and that's really fun. Yeah, um, sure. I do think there's a, I know we're not here to talk about like media channels, but there's an, there's an engagement level on YouTube that is mm-hmm. so much faster and more satisfying than anything else I use. Yeah, sure. I can see that. Right, it's right, right. very cool. That, oh, that speak, part of it speaking is Speaking cool. of unruly fans, I did get booed by uh, Aaron in the Slack today for <laughs> not, not only uh, not disagreeing with one of his House of X theories or his Marauders okay. theories, but he just asked if I considered that. And I said, no, I hadn't thought of that. And he went, boo. Boo, you <laughs> fool. <laughs> uh, I think I think he just misunderstood what I was saying, but it was pretty <laughs> just like, yeah, I hadn't thought of it. Dummy. Yeah, so um, we're we're not going to spoil any 2019 X-Men no, comics here. Not. Don't always, you worry. Uh, we do have a current X-Comics channel in the exclusive Slack. Uh, yeah. If you are interested, the Slack is available to Patreon.com supporters. Mm, so go down yes, over yes. to Patreon.com slash MyMarvelousYear, and you can check out all the tiers, different ways to help this podcast grow, uh, one of which will get you access to our Slack, which is absolutely... Zach, it's your best idea. It's your it's so best idea. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I stole it. 
from another podcast. And listen, I feel like art, most is, YouTube. art is taking what others do mm-hmm. and calling it your own. <laughs> I think yeah, that's the sure. quote, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, let's jump into some listener feedback. And I want to start here with a very special letter. Yes, please do. Hello, I'm Iris. I've been listening to the show a lot with my girlfriend, who's a huge nerd, apparently, and I really found myself enjoying it. Apparently. Having said... <laughs> didn't, didn't know before this. I like that. All right. This is, uh, this is Christina's girlfriend. Having said this, I didn't actually read any of the comic books you talk about or have any intention of doing so. <laughs> what I truly enjoy is the interaction between the host and the perpetual guest. <laughs> Find it the hilarious. perpetual what? The perpetual guest, me. Ah, yes, yes. Me, I, I find it hilarious. I guess for me, it's more of a real husbands of whatever you, wherever you people are from. Real husbands. <laughs> Here we go. I, I've long, wa- I, in like 2011, there was a show. Um, mm-hmm. What was it? It was like House Husbands. Do you remember this the reality series? No, no, no. It was like House Husbands and it was all about like, you know, guys who stayed home and married like really wealthy women who worked and that was always a dream of mine. And sadly, I've never never achieved it until now. Now I've been called a real a real husband. So, that's awesome. <laughs> a, re- a real husband of wherever you're from. Exactly. Um, okay, she continues. My question this time is for Zach. You mentioned in part one of 1976 that besides Sandman, you have zero interest in Neil Gaiman's work besides Sandman. Yet when I asked the... <laughs> Yet when I asked on Instagram if I've read any comic book, and I said, Death, the My Marvelous Year account answered with nothing more than hearts. I got from a reliable source that you're the one behind it. So what is it? You lie to your fans or you lie to Dave? <laughs> what is it? Answer. Yours truly, Iris the Toxic Princess. Um, I lied to Iris, I guess, when I liked that. I guess I was just liking that, you know. You she were putting on comic, a front but, of a yeah, friendly I, fan. You're trying to be nice. Yeah. Even yeah, though yeah. But I was you are the biggest game and hater too. out there. <laughs> oh, so I, I am rereading Sandman. Well, not really. I'm reading Sandman right now. I read the first half of it twice, and I don't think I've ever gotten past, like, issue 30 or 40 and now you're going back reason. and doing the same thing again no i'm gonna finish it this time i have all the like you're starting from the beginning fancy. though why don't you just start from yeah, where yeah. you always stop because it's been like i don't know five or six years since i, I tried it last time so i'm okay. enjoying it a ton i'm reading it with those big like absolute editions and like those big tomes that you have to read at a dinner table um but no i also i have death on my shelf but i've never read it so yeah i guess i am a fake fan i would uh, actually be surprised if you didn't like death the limited series a little more than Sandman itself. Oh, I mean, I love Sandman. Like it would be that would be a what hard. Do you mean you uh, love? Oh, you were saying you didn't want Gaiman besides Sandman. Yeah, right? yeah. Sandman is like the thing of Gaiman's that I'm just like, this is great. Like I'm so on board with this. I don't hate his stuff. I just like I don't know. American Gods left me kind of cold. What I've read mm-hmm. of it, <laughs> uh, I read Ocean at the End of the Lane. I thought that was pretty like meh. And you're a big uh, you're a big proponent of read half of anyone's yeah. work. Yeah. And then make hard line stances about no, that, I'm right. That's no, I'm just thing. like I'm very comfortable with dropping a book if I'm like not into it. Right, like, Zach reads to page eleven of every pages. comic we do on the show. I don't know if that yeah. was unclear to anyone. And then he stops. <laughs> so, so I'm reading the new fifty two right now, kind of going through like it's the new twenty six m- for you. It, kind of exactly. So like <laughs> I, I've got this big reading order that has every single comic listed. Right, there's like com- comic master reading order online or something, and it lists every wait comic wait wait what. And, Oh, sorry. Yeah, there's other comic book websites besides yours. Sorry, you just went, you totally, the line's okay, cutting yeah, out. Right. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. You said you were using the comicherald.com new 52 reading order? Yes. Is that yes, what you were saying? That's exactly right. Yes. All right. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And when I get to a, like, let's see, I just, last night I skimmed three series and just immediately was like, nope, not going to read this. Green Arrow, Blue Beetle, 
and Hawk and Dove, I think. Hawk and Dove by by The Rob, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Return yeah, yeah. of The Rob. You know what? I don't mind the art. I actually noticed that and was like, oh, this art's fine. I don't mind that's this one, art at all. The that's writing's a curiosity, cool. like, yeah. comic book industry read that you almost have to do. Um, yeah, yeah. Here's, here's the thing, and this lesson applies to my model this year. You don't have to read everything. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And 19, what are we, we're in 1976. I thought this was a little bit of a weak year. Like, there were some highlights. X-Men I liked generally. Jungle Action was very good. I think and it's a very w- interesting year. Warlock. Yeah, I guess, like... If like Eternals, for example, very interesting for nerds. Topical. It's like interesting for nerds. But uh, I'm not wait. a nerd. I'm like a cool guy <laughs> and, who. And uh, you're like very cool. Not I'm like a nerd. cool, and I do kisses and stuff. So like, I don't know anything <laughs> about that. You're always. That's the thing is like Zach edits this very well, so you don't realize. But every 15 minutes, he breaks and just goes and kisses. <laughs> <laughs> Something, someone. Yeah, and I just have to read comics while I wait. Uh, yeah. So I am. I we've been talking a lot about what's coming up in the 80s, and I am so jazzed for the early 80s like because there's a time where pretty soon all of our like all the greatest hits all the big heroes who have not had incredible runs are going to start having good runs like hulk Mm -hmm. captain america iron man fantastic four is going to get back on top of its game uh i don't know about spider-man i don't know about spider-man through the 80s but like x-men's going to be excellent we're going to have all the spin-off new mutants alpha flight uh yeah, I, started, your I just Alpha read Flight. Alpha Flight one the other day, and I was like, "Man, this is good." I was like, kind of worried that I was going to reread it and be like, "Oh no, this actually isn't as good as I remember," and I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm going to have to eat some crow. But nope. Yeah, it is excellent. I think actually, here's a bold statement. Mm-hmm. I think Alpha Flight number one is better than anything we've read in X Men so far. So far, up to 1976, like it is a really well composed comic. Like right out of the gate, it is super clean and like X- Uncanny X Men. I've been enjoying, but it is, it's been a little messy, right? Like, we've got leprechauns, and we've got, like, some kind of, like, big, messy storytelling that doesn't quite land fully. Like, it's important, uh, and those characters we like, but, like, I think, I think Alpha Flight is... I think Alpha Flight's better than X-Men, just overall. That's my new take. Do you, do you actually no, believe I don't, that? I think you no, do. No, no, I don't. I don't think no? I actually believe okay. that. No? Okay. Do you, have you read, um... I, I disagree, obviously, but that's no. Fine. I, I, not I don't a, actually. Not in a hostile really way. Like, like there are things I disagree with you on that get me get me hot and bothered. This is not one of them. Um, <laughs> John Byrne, have you read his other work from this time yet? Like Fantastic Four and stuff. I'm I've curious if you his... are just a huge John Byrne fan. I re- yeah, some of his Fantastic Four stuff I really like from this. Like the uh, yeah. trial of Reed Richards, love it. Yeah, love no, that. there's some there's like. some great yep. Byrne FF. I mean, I think you're spot on with the '80s comment. And actually, you know what? Let's jump letters here. Because yeah. this gets exactly into the one letter that I got sent to CBH. It was a letter from Roger L. He says, Dave, I have recently started reading comics and I fell deep into the rabbit hole. Also, I've just discovered your website and podcast, which have been extremely helpful. I would like to join my Marvelous Year Read Club, but I see you guys are up to 1976. How in the world would I ever be able to catch up? So there are a couple ways to answer this. But the one thing I do want to mention, because you're just talking about it, is I actually wrote a post at one point, and I'll have to see if I can find it. Somebody asked, people ask me this question all the time, just in terms of, like, there's always the feeling of, I'll never catch up, I'll never be where you guys are, you know, for something or for somebody, right? Even if it's just modern, ongoing comics. And somebody asked me, like, hey, is 1985 the right point in, like, sort of semi-modern Marvel to start? I think it's actually 1982. So I think, actually... We're coming up on a really good, like, kickoff point. And honestly, mm-hmm. I think, like, probably you could just run this back and just say, like, just start with the 80s. Just start us with the 80s sure. and and jump in and dive in. And like you're saying, stuff gets really good really fast. I think when I had to pick a year, I picked 1982 um, because there's, like, 
a specific amount of transformation that happens during yeah. this time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, like you get um, Daredevil by Frank Miller really goes into overdrive. You get X Men: God Loves, Man Kills, the New Mutants graphic novel, the Death of Captain Marvel graphic novel, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah. But I actually think, honestly, and we say this a lot, like jumping on points, the '80s is a really good. One. I think so, 1980 actually. Like, 1980 has the yeah. Dark Phoenix saga. John Byrne starts on the FF. Yeah. You've got, like, Spider-Man kind of switches into a new thing with Madam Web. She-Hulk starts that year. Like, yeah, it's it's not a bad, bad place to start. I, I mean, yeah. like, and then you start getting into, like, you can just start reading most comics. I, I feel like when I was doing this, I started, like, 1983 by publication order on Marvel Unlimited and just started reading everything. And it was like, wow, like, a lot of this is good. Like, the, the chaff to wheat ratio is uh, much higher, lower. There's less chaff, more wheat. That's what I'm trying to don't say. Don't you want? Don't you want? Oh, you want a lot of wheat, right? Okay. Yes. Because yeah. I've been I've been having this chaff bread, uh-huh. and I gotta tell you, it's it's rough. It's really rough, and it's kind of like hollow in the middle. I thought you were it's gonna start good. talking about like chafe chafing. You've got this chafing. Uh, that would have made more deodorant. sense to do because I know more about chafing than I do about chaffing. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what this joke is. Besides, when I was in your office a couple of weeks ago, you had like anti chafe pers- ant. What is it? An anti chafe stick. Right by your desk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a joke that everyone can appreciate. Big chafer right here. Oh, speaking of which, I did come to Chicago. We got to meet face to face. It was. Have we not talked about this? I guess no, not. The last time we recorded was when you were here. Wow. Yeah, it was totally lovely. Uh, you have a very nice family. Thank uh, you. Your wife is funnier and more charming than you, which is uh, <laughs> pretty. pretty <laughs> uh, I mean, I think. Yeah, like, agree. She, she would Hard be. Agree. Uh, yeah, she's pretty cool. Um, Zach is like, so in love with my wife. It's embarrassing. I got to tell you guys. <laughs> he can't stop talking about her. I just want her to be on the show instead of you. Uh, yeah. She was that's, funny. That's cute that you yeah. think I'd replace me with her. I could just start I mean, doing it, a husband-wife it would podcast. Actually be, Those are popular. It would be kind of a... Uh, she wants nothing be, to do with this. No, no. <laughs> so I know. It would be, be kind of the same dynamic that you and I have, right? Like, I would be the expert to her, like, absolute, complete lack of comic knowledge. Yeah, I think, too, like... Oh, oh! I was saying, I was thinking with me and her, except then you take no, our you're disagreements, not part of this. but but ramp them up and just like just ramp up Zach's, you know, like refusal to back down on anything, and that yeah, would yeah, be yeah. me just like trying to convince her to like Secret Wars would be <laughs> would be the end of things as I know them. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it was a nice visit. It was great having you and your wife here, and we recorded. I think we can say our ultimate yeah, yeah. universe debut app. We uh yep. we did pass the the goal on Patreon to kick off the Ultimate Universe read through, so you have that to look forward to if you are a patron. Uh, more more quickly than it will come to the feed. I think what we're going to do is we're going to launch exclusively to patrons for like the first six months. So if yep. you want to play along, yep. uh, it definitely will help to be a part of the club. But then we will be releasing them to the feed after that point. So um, yeah, we're getting into the Ultimate Universe as well. So now we've got kind of a mix of old school Marvel, you know, here at the, the I guess kind of like the, not the tail end, we're still in the thick of the Bronze Age, um, but yeah. simultaneously working forward to the 2000s, which well, is a lot of Well, you know, it's a, it's a really cool time to do that, because I feel like the Ultimate Universe is riffing off of stuff that, like, mostly we've read everything that the Ultimate Universe is riffing off of at this point. At least, yeah. like, yeah. maybe for a while. Like, there's, there's some X-Men stuff that I don't think has quite come up yet, but, like, all the classic Spider-Man stories that they're going to be playing with, all the Fantastic Four stuff, like, all the bigger universe stuff. Like, we have the context from where we are in the club right now to really, like, be able to compare and contrast to the Ultimate Universe. And the Ultimate Universe, totally, and the Ultimate Universe pacing is going to be uh, slower, right? We're going to do, like, 
chunks of the verse one month at a time. It's like 24 each issues a month. Yeah. 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 Something yeah. Like that. yeah. So if you want to do it, like right now, we're more or less moving through like how are they reintroducing? How are they doing the origins again for these characters that we've read the origins for not too long ago? So yep. there's a there's a compare and contrast part of this that I think is pretty interesting. I do think it'll be interesting once we get to like, I don't know, Sp- Ultimate Spider-Man gets into like Carnage or something. It takes a while. I wonder where we'll be in the My Marvelous Year read through. I would guess we won't have, we might have hit the 90s by no, then I, and maybe I there won't so. be any concern. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, we're going to be doing, like, let me see, in a year we'll be at Spider-Man, like, 75. Yeah. Something like that. So it's going to take a while. But we're going to read, we're also, like, we're not taking the curated list approach. <laughs> we're going to read literally every Ultimate comic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting and it's slow. I mean, it's slow pace enough that I think people can keep up and tack this onto their reading. And also, like, I read, let's see, we read 19 issues for the first episode. I read them in two hours, maybe. So it's like, it's not that, they, they go down a lot easier. You can sit down and read all seven issues of the Spider-Man in, you know, half an hour, 40 minutes. I mean, honestly, like, you can read... Yeah, you can read the first arc of USM at the pace it would take to read probably a single Lee and Ditko joint. Sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, let's get into... We've got one more letter here from Peter Parsons. Uh, Hey, Dave and Zach. Uh, A lot of my must-read series have little to no presence on the list this year, so I'm way behind. There's a lot of cool stuff going on in the extra reading, so I'm okay with it. Since I don't think many, if any other people in the club are reading Defenders, I'll talk about that for a bit, especially since it's gotten really bizarre with the Headman run, who might be the strangest group of supervillains ever. I don't know if any of these characters stick around, or should, for that matter, but it's been an enjoyably, oddly enjoyable run with villains who seem intentionally pointless and dysfunctional while still posing a threat. There have also been some great moments with the Hulk. The ongoing story with Valkyrie and Jack figuring out how to mesh their old life with her new existence has been one of the most compelling personal stories of the decade and is perhaps by itself a worthwhile reason to check this series out, especially for anyone interested in Valkyrie. So now for a few questions, not all about Defenders. Do the headsmen or any individual members of the group have a noticeable presence in Marvel, the future Marvel? I don't know who they are, so you have to answer this one. Uh, I mean, notable? No. Are they technically around still? Yeah, sure. Um, okay. I, I have seen them and I know of them, but not in significant detail, but yeah, mm. they exist. I, I think, you know, you're talking about the, the weirder, not the weirder, I guess, just some of the weird stories in the Steve Gerber run on defenders. We got a taste of that in the MMY club. And then I think, I mean, I, I was definitely of the opinion that a taste was sufficient, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. and obviously if you're digging it, carry on, but yeah, I mean, the headsmen aren't going to be a huge deal. And honestly, like, a lot of the Gerber Defender stuff um, isn't, I don't know, his his stuff gets kind of forgotten for a bit, I think, yeah. is fair yeah, to say. Because yeah. even like Howard the Duck and like Man-Thing, like those characters kind of fall off Marvel's radar until, honestly, like a lot of it's more recently. Um, and then people kind of say like, hey, this is good and people like it. Why don't we pick it back up? Okay, here, here's something. We talked in the beginning of the 70s about like what we were excited about most and like some of the creators were most excited about, right? And yeah. that was like Steve Gerber... Steve Englehart, right? Steve mm-hmm. Englehart? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jim Starlin. Who else am I thinking? Chris Claremont, obviously. I think, for me, Jim Starlin has shot to the top of that. And then Steve Englehart and Chris Claremont have been, like, mixed to good for me. Steve mm-hmm. Gerber, like, peaked with Man-Thing right at the beginning and then has been kind of slightly disappointing ever since. Like, I don't think I'm a Steve Gerber guy. His stuff, like, doesn't particularly resonate with me. Like, it's just kind of fine. Like, I don't think i dislike most of what he writes but i don't like it either he's kind of like roy thomas in that way for me where i'm like just a little like huh this is uh it's like takes more effort to read like the payoff isn't really worth the uh 
the effort to read this quite the same way. And I don't, yeah, I don't know if I fully have like understood what people love about this guy. I I appreciate past, him as a creator certainly thing, more yeah. than I love his work. I guess ultimately, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. he's a guy taking chances and doing weird stuff a bit differently. Not a bit. Yeah, he's doing it sure. significantly differently than than most of the Marvel writers that we've seen or will see for a yep. bit. You know, so I think mm-hmm. that is that is appreciated. You know, Howard the Duck is probably the strongest embodiment of this. Just the existence of that series, like, is you know, you kind of talked about like not getting Howard, like, kind of like what, like, what's the point of this? Like, it's not that funny. I mean, I think like honestly, part of the problem is like seventy percent of the gag is just that it exists and it's an ongoing series at how at Marvel. You know, which like once you get over that, there's not a ton to hang your hat on. <laughs> so I would tend to agree. I think appreciated. I do agree that. Adventures into Fear is definitely my favorite stuff we've read of his. Yeah, um, that's the only thing I straight up was just like, ooh, I like this. <laughs> yeah. Omega I the Unknown this. is super interesting too, but I mean, yeah, otherwise, you know, it's not, like, I'm not a huge Defenders guy. Um, I just, I can't super get into I, it, but I appreciate I the Peters. some of it, a lot of you know, some, some of those issues are like, um, I wouldn't read this if it wasn't for the club, but I also, like, got some enjoyment out of it. Like, some of his sense of humor works for me in those, you know, like... I think Hulk has a really good voice in the Defenders. I think yeah. Namor being used as kind of the straight man can be pretty funny. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, uh, back to Peter's letter. Why, after all the other cool Doctor Strange stories so far this decade, does it take a Dracula crossover to bring him onto the list? Yeah, so this got some heat um, from Peter. and mm-hmm. Deservedly I, so. Uh, debatable. Yep. I yep. do have a confession to make. <laughs> when <laughs> I put the My Marvelous Year list together, the 70s Doctor Strange books had not been added to marvel unlimited yeah. so they were not they really just, on my radar they just finished them right like two weeks ago Recently. they just finished out the run in marvel unlimited yeah so, they yeah, started yeah. adding the Engelhart and <laughs> this is gonna make this is gonna make peter mad what's the artist name that are oh frank bruner yeah frank yeah, bruner yeah. they just they had just started adding those um and i put those uh, i put those early issues on for a taste kind of towards the tail end of like we were reading the 70s and then in my head I had added all the Doctor Strange I wanted to add for the 70s, like in my head. So when I was going back and updating things, I didn't think I needed to check the the rest of the run because I was thinking I had already covered off on it. Uh-huh. This is incorrect. <laughs> so <laughs> Because so there is absolutely it, no Doctor Strange on this list with the exception of Dracula crossover. Yeah. Uh, yeah, kinda, kinda, um, <laughs> until we get to like, probably like yeah. Roger Stern, some of the more popular stuff he did, because that was already in MU. So I think there's a case, there's a strong case to be made, and I probably wouldn't add that much, honestly. Like, I'm certain Peter's more into this than I am, which is fine. Well, you know what? I, Jim I Starlin does this. some Doctor Strange work, Zach, and we didn't read that. And oh, come on, man. I feel bad about that. I feel kind okay. of bad about that. I think it's actually 1977. So if you're listening to this, and that means you haven't read the 77 comics yet, read some Doctor Strange from 77, yeah. because there's some Starlin work in there, and that is something that, at a minimum, would have been on the bonus round uh, yeah, well, of my I, I list put, had I been paying attention. I put Doctor Strange 1 through 5 on extra issues, and Peter has been, like, the biggest disciple, like, proselytizer for Doctor Strange in the Slack. And he's brought a lot of people in. So, like, a lot of people are reading Doctor Strange because of him. So, and we've talked about this, I think, on the show before. But our next Patreon goal is to do these kind of, like, revisits of series that we may have, like, skimmed over. Right? Like, what was 70s Iron Man like? You know? Like, what was... 
And I think I think we're kind of in agreement that Doctor Strange might be like top of the list for covering like seventies Doctor Strange. Okay, Dave just grimaced. So well, maybe not. We're, we're, we'll put it up to a vote. Probably. I've I've read the Engelhart and Bruner stuff. Like yeah. it's I not think like it's I have very read it. pretty. If you like look at that, that art I, is like I don't I those stories are not that interesting to me. Okay. Um, All right. There's That's a reason cool. I yeah. don't have those on the main list. And oh, it's boy. because I didn't think they were that great. So it's weird this I get not even I get out the appreciation Peter for Bruner's just dropped art. his Patreon. Backing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, totally. And I, I appreciate that some people disagree. Like, 70s Doctor Strange. I guess there is a... This is... The My Marvel This Year Club is supposed to be like what was going on in Marvel in a lot of ways. Yeah, like, what's yeah, the yeah, big sure. important stuff? And definitely, you can make a strong, strong case that Doctor Strange, this is sort of his time. His heyday, yeah. Well, I guess it's not, because 60s is. But 70s, like, it does continue. It definitely fits the psychedelic cosmic movement of a lot of the creators and artists of the time. I'm very open to exploring the series in more detail. I just, I'd be surprised if I was a real convert. That's all. That's all okay. I will say here. I, I'm Until very like Roger Stern comes on the title, because I know yeah. I like those a lot more. Okay. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be interested in checking out. I think it has more to do with Englehart as a writer on Strange than it does with the artists, which are probably very interesting. Yeah, I guess they just switch artists a lot too, and they're like always really interesting. So yeah. Okay. Um. At least we've talked about it enough, so anyone who, like, no, <laughs> I think anyone listening to this knows that, like, it's an interesting series if you're interested to go check it out. Like, there's something there if you're interested in it. Uh, he finishes up, the relationship between Doc Ock and Aunt May has always come as a surprise to me. It's so weird, but I kind of love it much more than either of those characters separately. How long is this a thing? Can I, <laughs> I don't know how long this is a thing for, but I had the idea the other day that I feel is, like, woefully hasn't hasn't come to fruition yet which is a like domestic comedy where aunt may and doc ock are married and spider-man is living with them like as like the stepdad stepson relationship and like the two of them i feel like that that would be that is good material to write a funny comic book where the both of them are trying to like maintain their composure around aunt may and pretend that they're you know just normal stepdad and stepson but like behind that is a superhero supervillain stuff happening and you know but also doc ock trying to be a real dad to peter parker i feel like that like it's such a good idea that a you know like a daniel kibblesmith could run with and do a good five issue series of yeah i i quite like the otto and may relationship um it's a it's always a thing i mean it's been it's been a thing since early you know as way back as as lee and ditko on the title and it's continued to be i mean there are at a minimum references to it through to today so i it's not you know like i don't know that it's a a fiery romance <laughs> that has uh that has tons of legs but it's always it's always there it's always in the background nobody's forgotten about this um so if you're looking for it to go away that's not quite going to happen, but uh, it's not, you know, the the scenario you're talking about isn't particularly close to happening. Just just to get people excited, Aunt May does, like, have a pretty good series of boyfriends throughout, like, Spider-Man history. Yeah, Aunt May's, Aunt May's boyfriends tend to be very fun and have, like, and be pretty good supporting characters in Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few more I know about that, like, I'm excited to see. So Yeah, I like, I like Aunt May's Dan Slott era. Boyfriend slash okay. maybe fiance, if I'm not blanking. Uh, I haven't actually as as almost a better fit than Otto, even. Hmm. Okay. In the in the connected Spider-Man universe, yeah. Uh, he writes. I guess they'll do it for this year. Thanks as always. Still be with you, Peter, aka the Colossal Chick Man. Yeah. Thank you, Peter. Good letter. And yeah, thank um, you. You know, good job. <laughs> I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna throw some Doctor Strange shade, but then I thought better of it. <laughs> okay. 
Um, <clears throat> alright, so I think we're gonna get into some heroes and villains. You wanna start or should I? I can start. Okay. Okay. I didn't bring my notes with me, but that should be fine. Um, who's the naysayer? You know uh, the patron? I keep wanting to say Steve Tyler. It's Steven Taylor. <laughs> Steven Tyler. Yeah, Steven uh, thanks Taylor. for your support over on Patreon.com, <laughs> My Marvelous Year, uh, at the $10 my Marvelous Year Heroes and Villains level. That means you get a character created for you, and we will update those heroes and villains as we are able. The Naysayer was a hero added to this universe. It is a villain, although I would say trending more on the anti-hero spectrum, you know, I yeah. think yeah, yeah, uh, sure. we can all agree. So the Naysayer, as we all remember, has a green arrowish origin, um, was, was trapped on an island, and really learned and sort of befriended horses, I think, at the times, right? Like, mm-hmm. And when the Naysayer comes back to civilization, uh, his, his main focus is essentially freeing horses from, um, from bondage. Like, he's finding horses that are being treated improperly, and he's breaking them out. Now, the Naysayer does this through very violent means. So there are, you know, he is branded, certainly, a villain. He is branded a criminal. Colt McClure is the cowboyish hero that is his arch nemesis uh mm-hmm. is colt a a male or female i don't remember female okay you're right so she is a cowgirl pardon me um well i don't she can, she can be whatever she wants she's a cow person and uh she apprehends the naysayer at most occasions but this hero is kind of uh violent she breaks horses and you know we talk about like i don't i don't know if People are into horse racing or horses. I'm certainly not. But breaking horses Ooh, a lot of times is... a bad year for for horse racing. Is it? Why? Oh, Did yeah, somebody no, it, get it, hurt or something? No, like many horses have died uh, this year in, yeah, yeah. in horse, horse racing. It's a dangerous know, thing. Like... Colt McClure is on the side of pushing those horses, you know, to their deaths in the favor of racing, right? So how we're calling this person a hero is really just because she's on the side of the law? It might be more she's like lawful evil and naysayer is like chaotic good. I guess. Sure. Those are yeah. those are descriptions. Um sure. so so <laughs> the naysayer is currently in prison. And after a recent attempt at uh at um destroying, vandalizing much of the Kentucky Derby stadium during that big race. Okay, Colt McClure caught him, punched him right in the nose, and the naysayer's in prison. Now, what is happening while the naysayer is jailed and, you know, being called mean names like Horseface in his prison, um, by the other prison mates. Mm-hmm. is there's a cult, not a cult, excuse me, there's a group of henchmen, um, horsemen, popping up around the naysayer. So the horsemen collective is growing because a lot of people saw this. You know, they were watching, like the Kentucky Derby is a, a highly televised event. A lot of people were watching this. They saw yeah. the naysayer and they're all kind of like, <clears throat> I I don't think I'm on the side of this horsebreaker, you know, bringing him to jail for just trying to to make a statement about the the, you know, like what's the word uh, immorality of the Kentucky Derby. So the yep. the naysayers horsemen collective is growing. In particular, there is a um this is the story, a brief story of the woman who freed him from prison. So the naysayer, there's a a woman out there, uh her her name that she goes by and all the horsemen come up with henchmen names, right? Mm-hmm, right. Her name is Clerkiet. Um she is Wait, uh, wait, say that again. Clerkiet. Clerkiet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So she. Uh, <laughs> That's bro- it. Just, uh, you looked at me like I was the weird one for not like immediately understanding what you were saying. Yeah, no, that that's the, what that look was meant to convey. Okay, okay. I'm glad fair, you got it. Yeah. Uh, so Clerkiet, you know, she works on the inside with some of the wardens. She bribes them. She has a, a job um, where she has enough money to do this. And she rides, like, 
horses, you know, they are horse trainers. So the naysayers horsemen, they've got stables across the globe where there's kind of a network of them. Really, like if you ever meet a horse lover, if you ever see like a stable shop or a riding field, there's a pretty good chance that there's a collective of horsemen there who are kind of like under the banner of the naysayer now. And a whole bunch of them, 15, they ride their horses up to the prison gates. Now they do this in the cover of night, you know, as you'd expect. Nobody's expecting a horse getaway in this day and age so Mm -hmm. it's pretty effective the naysayer what he does is he's kind of got horse-like powers you know like he has learned so much from the horses he is able to do one of those cool you know those tricks that the horse breakers teach uh teach things where they jump over fences you know and stuff and little blocks yeah so he corsages straight up over the prison walls he corsages straight up over the prison walls and Uh lands on a horse that they brought for him and rides off into the night with his horsemen so now the naysayer's army is expansive right so naysayer and the horsemen are plotting as we speak for what to do next and how to take down Colt McClure, their arch nemesis, and all of these horsemen's probably like most hated person. So that's our update for the naysayer and his horsemen, and uh, as well as the supporting kind of lead henchman, the clerkiet. The clerkiet? Is, is there a joke? I don't. I don't know if I get it. Is my mic is cutting it? out? I feel like I'm being very clear. <laughs> I had to be expl- like someone had to explain to me what uh what is it K O S meant that like it was a joke for chaos because you wouldn't explain it to me last time and I didn't that's an get assumption it. and i feel like i'm missing something again with clerk clerky yet well go on over to the slack oh my god some some like horse-minded person will have to fill me in, <laughs> in the slack okay what you got for us all right this is an update for peter parson aka the colossal chick man and as we all know he was bitten by a rogue half-fried radioactive chicken that's right. It became it became kind of a hero of the night, a chicken vigilante. Uh, the other detail we know about him is Cornelia Kentaka, his girlfriend, who secretly knows his secret, meaning he doesn't know that she knows. She is documenting his uh, his adventures, his his career as the chick man, uh, in a book that maybe uh, you know maybe she doesn't have any intention of publishing. She's just kind of doing it for posterity. Who knows what her motives are? But uh, Peter Parsons, uh, or Chickman, leaves one night, says goodbye to Cornelia, and goes out on patrol on the rooftops. And uh, he hears the security alarm going off at a nearby jewelry store called the... Uh, uh, I thought I had a joke. He hears a alarm go <laughs> off at a nearby... I thought I had a joke, but I realized I never actually thought of the joke. <laughs> like, I was like, I have you a pun for this, You had left a space for a joke to be. No, I planned on having a pun, I never did. Yeah. Uh Here's a, a jewelry store uh, alarm go go off, and he's up on the roof, and the the door on the rooftop bursts open, and out comes running this uh, this woman dressed in a like a skin tight gray dark gray silver you know uh, like what's the word I'm looking for skin suit uh, costume cat suit yeah yeah cat suit uh, and uh, she got a mask on her face covering her eyes, and then like long flowing silver hair going behind her that looks mm-hmm. genuine like peter can see like oh this is this is an older woman she's probably you know maybe in her 50s or something mm-hmm. uh you can see some creases you know at the corners of her mouth uh that's and, uh, a very detailed look he's getting at well uh, he just you know he picks up that like oh this this isn't a you know this isn't a 19 year old villain this uh-huh. uh, you know she she looks like she's, she's maybe a little older she has a crate full of Fabergé eggs she's stealing from this. And when she turns to run, she sees him and turns to run, he sees that she's got a long, bushy tail uh, as part of her costume. Oh, no. Uh, and uh, 
and they they you know he chases her across the rooftops they have a little bit of banter realizes that her name is the silver fox yeah uh, yeah yeah and uh they uh they have kind of a, a little tussle where she gets the better of him pins him down gives him a little smooch on the cheek Ooh. And, uh, and then knocks him unconscious and escapes with the Fabergé eggs. Nice. So uh, this is the, the fox stealing the uh, the eggs from the hen house. It was supposed to be like the jewelry store was called like the hen house or something, but I couldn't. That doesn't make sense. Just That's too on the nose. It is too on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, so this is Peter Parsons' kind of romantic anti-hero. I don't know counterpart, the silver yeah, fox. Yeah, the silver fox. Yeah. Okay. And she is a stealer of eggs, and I believe, as we know, the Colossal Chickman's arsenal uh, consists of a number of sort of specialized eggs that he will throw at characters. So could that play into the future of Colossal Chickman? Could the Silver Fox get into his his sort of inventory? We will have to see. Is, is Silver Fox, am I correct? Or is that Gray Fox? What what isn't there isn't that a term for like an attractive older woman? Uh, I thought it was an attractive older older man specifically. I, yeah, I think it's typically right. how it's used. But I I could just because uh you know my my oh, son I, asked me if I like cougars this morning and I said love them that's and it. that's what I was you yes. know, I think that's typically used and that's when your wife uh, slapped you and walked out of the room. No, well, no, actually, because I said love them. I married one, and she rolled her eyes so hard. I think they're still in the back of her head. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I found a, ugh, I don't like this. Found an article saying, what's the female version of a silver fox? Glistening vixen. Glistening. Wow. Okay, I'm going to just say (laughs) that silver fox is a a now gender neutral term. She can be the silver fox. That totally works. I I got no problems with that. Yeah. She is. Right. It's already been declared. All right. We have, uh, I have a new hero to add as well this week, or excuse me, a new villain, actually, kind of an anti-hero. This is Mike Cook. Do I have that right? Yes, Mike Cook. Thank you for joining the, uh, yeah, the Patreon you, support here, Mike. Much appreciated. And Mike Cook is joining the club as he's a hired hand for some of the most notorious and hardened criminals and and gangsters and mafia and mobland, uh, you know, individuals in the My Marvelous Year Shared Universe. He is hired to poison <gasps> people that they are <laughs> attempting to harm. For right? whatever reason, that, that pause and then the payoff of that just to be people. <laughs> it's very <laughs> funny to me. I don't know what else I was expecting, but... Uh, yep. Okay. No, no. He, yeah, it could have been like dignitaries, but no, it's just it's individuals. It always changes. And yeah, sure. now, Mike Cook is not just a a poison, okay? He's not your classical couple drops in a drink poisoner. What he does is he infiltrates wherever this individual likes to eat the most. He's very specific. He will find their favorite food. Okay, Mm -hmm. he will figure it out. So if, for example, he uh, the mafia says, hey, Uh, excuse me, uh, Mr. Cook, we got a guy. We uh, we got a guy we want to take out here. You know, we got to put a whack on this guy. He loves cheesecake. (laughs) You know, everybody knows he loves cheesecake. You know, we got to put a whack on this guy. That was pretty, uh, pretty good dialogue, huh? Yeah, no, I, I felt like I, I wondered who this mafioso was who uh, pushed Dave out of the way of the microphone. Yeah, yeah, right. I got to stop inviting yeah. guests over and not telling you. It is kind of yep. rude. Um, so he's like, okay, this guy loves cheesecake. I'm going to, quote unquote, poison his cheesecake. And what Mike will do is he will figure out where this person likes cheesecake from. He will wait until the opportune moment when they're going to get cheesecake. This person goes and gets some. And what he does is he infiltrates that kitchen. He takes on, like, he'll take a job 
as a line cook or as a busboy, um, as a, a hostess, and he'll be working there, you know, for for weeks before the person mm-hmm. finally comes in to get their food. And then when they get it, it's so hot, it's so spicy, it makes mm-hmm. them sweat and tear up. And they're like, excuse me, people, I, I have to go to the bathroom. This hurts so much. That person then goes to the bathroom just dying of heat, not understanding why, because typically uh-huh. cheesecake is not that spicy. And um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Your traditional cheesecake is not T- a, Traditional, not typically yeah. not. And uh-huh. once they're in the bathroom, now the, the mob or mafia has a chance to whack them, right? Like they've now, they're now... In the, the facility. In the bathroom. There's a little in a place that otherwise it's impossible to get a person to go into. Bathroom is classic whacking, uh, whacking place. Yep. <laughs> That's what I call it. I have I have little signs on my doors to the bathroom that say whacking place. <laughs> just a place. classic whacking. <laughs> right? Yeah, I wondered what those were about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, can, no, I ju- can I just say, I, uh-huh. I had a joke. You, you said, uh, you know, he knows that this guy likes cheesecake. And I had a joke that was really good, but I couldn't remember the name of the guy. I so I'm just gonna rewind and say pretend pretend that when you said that, I said so. He showed him the comics of Greg Land, huh? Oh, timely so burn. Yeah, I couldn't remember his name, but timely I still comics to, over here with the zinger. To get some, yeah, credit for that. Okay, go nice. on. Good job. Yeah. Uh, so okay. So Wait, is it only cheesecake? He poisons other things, right? It's not. Well, just that's cheesecake. just what this, that. That's just this what is, this person, uh, this example, okay. like. Gotcha, it's always gotcha, something gotcha. different. It could yep, be. Yep. Um, it could be a cocktail. It could be a tasty okay. dish. Can I? Okay. Okay. No, no. Finish. Finish what you're doing. I, I don't want to poke holes in it till I hear the whole thing. So Mike does this. He will do these jobs, but he also does a, a little freelancing on the side, and he will only mm-hmm. take the gig if the person is kind of evil themselves. And what he'll also do is if, let's say, the Don comes up to him and says, We got a, we got a woman, and I'm going to make a suggestion to you, Mike. We, uh, we need you to find when she likes to eat hot dogs, okay? Get that hot dog for her. And he investigates, and he's like, This woman's a saint. And she likes really good hot dogs, good taste as well. He'll actually strike out at the Don who made that request. <gasps> so he will Ooh, I like that. also strike at the gangland if they are not really using, not really throwing their weight around properly. Okay. So uh-huh. because of this, he's a little more anti heroish. He's a little more, but, and people don't know that it's him. That's the crazy thing. You know, like nobody, nobody quite knows him. He's feared and respected. He is known as the Hobbit hero. And he goes around okay, well, that's and makes why. everyone's gonna... foods way too hot. So welcome to the club, Mike. Welcome, Hobbit Hero. It is a pleasure to have you. I was wondering why his poison made people, like, why it was spicy. It wasn't even poison. It's just spiciness that they... Okay, so he doesn't even really poison someone, right? He just adds, like, hot sauce to their food. No, that's right? not right. That's not what I said. Uh, okay. All right, I misunderstood. Because I was like, the traditional thing would, you know, laxatives or some kind of, like, uh, Ipecac or something. So they'd have to run to the bathroom for a traditional bathroom activity. Not uh, not to sweat. <laughs> you know, like, people, oh, God, I'm getting sweaty. Gotta go to the whack room. No, it's just really spicy poison. Okay. <laughs> Okay, all right. Cool. I like I like it. Yeah. Um okay, finally, we've got Oh, oh, I want to throw out here before uh before I get to my last one. I've got a little a little bonus hero this time. I just want to call out to Tyler in the Slack and uh loyal patron that he got married yesterday and Woo! Uh, he Congratulations. Now, his his new official hero title is Dr. Wife Guy. Dr. So Wife Guy. Tyler. Yeah. Way to go getting married, doctor. Yeah. Yeah, we also got his PhD this year, so big year for. Uh, oh, he actually Tyler. did. I thought he got yeah, it at yeah. the wedding. <laughs> I 
<laughs> Man, what a ceremony. Yeah. Uh, all right. This last one is comes to us courtesy of Dustin Comet. And thank you very much, Dustin. Uh, his character is uh, non-binary. So they, they're going to use some they, them pronouns. Mm. Uh, and I probably, hopefully won't mess that up. Um, so their character has uh, was born with a bit of a physical disability. Um, they have a genetic issue where one of their legs is a bit, uh, what's the word, stunted? Good word to use. I, I would have used stilted. Okay. Oh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, technically, the, the, the leg that's, like, slightly longer is stilted. <laughs> yep. Anyway, they, they have something of a limp. Uh, their, their leg gives them some pain, and uh, it's, you know, they can get around okay, but, like, traditional, you know, hiking's a bit tough. Uh you know, walking for long periods of time, you know, they, the traditional sports are, are just a little bit tougher for them, but, you know, mm-hmm. they generally get by. But probably because of this, um, they don't participate in, like we said, like I said, sports. They uh, they really like reading. They're like, they really get into reading. They really get into, you know, spending time in these kind of different fantasy worlds and such. Sure. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, Dustin they, grows up really enjoying, enjoying books and when he hears that his high school is doing a field trip to a printing press museum. Second, I have to get rid of my cat. George, get out of here. Your cat's name is George? Yeah. <laughs> like, a, a... is that like a Seinfeld reference? No, I don't think so. He came He came with the name. I've got a Steinbrenner reference? And a Caroline. George and, and Caroline. George and Caroline and then a Salem, which like, guess what color that cat is? <laughs> oh, a classic gray. Yeah, he, he, came, he came with that name, unfortunately. I, uh, I don't anyway. understand not renaming the pet. Uh, that comes with yeah. the name. You know my, what? My I wife and her family does the same thing. Yeah, yeah. That's well. It was like a friend who, like, I guess, gave my wife the cat and was like, "Can you watch this for six months?" And then at six months, she was like, "Can you watch this for the rest of its life?" So, kind okay, of okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good, good cat though. Asthmatic. Yeah. Poor little. Welcome cat. to the pod, George. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Where was I? Yes. Printing press field trip. So excited. Loves the history of books, not just books themselves and writing, but, like, really interested in the history of books. Goes on this field trip, and they've got printing presses from all over the world. All kinds of printing presses from, like, the kind of history of engineering them. And one of the really weird ones they have here is a printing press from Priapet, the the, uh, exclusionary zone of Chernobyl. Hmm. and uh you <laughs> know that, specific okay yeah yeah uh you know and it was like recovered from there it's like some kind of interesting soviet model right yeah but unfortunately it's a little radioactive you got to be careful around it uh they kind of mm. you know keep everybody at a distance like you can't cross this barrier but dustin right. they it get... shouldn't i think it shouldn't be located next to the the cafeteria at the museum which serves gutenbergers i feel like that's mm-hmm. not ideal it's a little, having it's a little right distasteful next to it. yeah 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 um he uh he gets dared or they get dared by a friend excuse me to uh to take a picture right up to, you know it's kind of like hey who's gonna go touch it right who's gonna go touch the radioactive printing press yeah dustin decides yeah they're gonna do it so they they get closer and they go up and just then just as he goes to touch it a security guard yells out and he kind of stumbles and his hand falls in it and a big chunk of machinery falls and it kind of is like the printing press just bit him on the hand uh, <laughs> So, kind of. Yeah. I mean, it, if you looked at it from a certain angle, you could say that he was bitten by a radioactive printing press. From uh, a certain perspective, absolutely. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be a silly way of putting it, but you know, whatever. That night, he goes home. He's feeling a little weird. Uh, he's feeling a little strange, but you know, he, he curls up with a good book, one of his favorite fantasy novels. One of their and, favorite uh, fantasy novels. Thank you. One of their favorite fantasy novels, and they they fall asleep reading this, and as they do, 
they have a vivid dream where they're in this fantasy land. And it's just, you know, it's like lucid dreaming. Like everything feels so real and so fleshed out. Yeah. Uh, And it's just like he's there. And he spends like an entire day in this, it feels like. Uh, you know, and he, he gets into some sword fights and he rides on a horse and he, you know, rides with elves through the forest, etc. Yeah. Um, you know, even takes a, a small wound on his arm. He goes to sleep in his dream and wakes up and it's only been five minutes from when he fell asleep. But his arm is bleeding and mm. he realizes he has the power to enter into the world of books if he falls asleep reading them. And he only can leave that world by falling asleep within that world. And his name is, and I think this is definitely original, and the first time anyone's used it, is the Page Master. Okay, the Page Master. I thought you were going to say the Sandman there, and that would have made me laugh so hard. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's okay, awesome. Well, I like that. I like that uh, introduction a lot. Now, they are neither hero nor villain, I think, oh, okay. at this well, point. No, correct? I have to... I mean, he. I mean, he's he's, he's a pretty nice. They're pretty nice. Person, See, it I'd seems say. that way. Yes. Yeah, it we'll seems see. pretty good. We'll yeah, we we don't really happens. know. Uh, so yeah, un- <laughs> I kind of thought you were gonna call me out because the pa- do you not know the Page Master? Is it, is a book? Or oh, it's a like movie? a no, it's a Macaulay Culkin movie from like 1994. Yeah, with like uh, with <laughs> Where like he, three books for his friends, and they take yeah, and he on goes different adventures he goes into and books stuff. and stuff. Yeah, I used to yeah, like no. That one. Okay, that's not really his name. I just thought you would call that me came out, out after you thought of this, though. I think. Yeah. Oh, that's definitely true. I did think right? of this in 1993. At so the they age of six. Yeah. You're right. Right. They kind of. Yeah. Like, no, his name's not Page Master. It's not Page Master. Uh, it is Pro Libris. Pro Libris. Yep. Which is Latin okay. for four books. Just Latin for Page Master. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot his sidekick is Whoopi Goldberg. That is canon. Just throwing that in there. Wait, is she actually in that movie? Am I imagining that? Not to my knowledge, but maybe no, she's she the is. voice of no, one of the No, she's one of the books. Yeah, she's she's one of the main books. Okay. There's not a connection. She's fantasy. At, at that yeah. young age. Yeah. Okay. She's most people's fantasy. Yeah, that, that's fair. Um, all right. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. This was a good a good round of uh, of My Marvelous Year Shared Universe, I think. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. So that was our variant cover for 1976. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to support the show, head over to Patreon. Got lots of goodies over there. And please... We really appreciate ratings and reviews on iTunes. That yes. is a pain in the butt. I realize it. It stinks like stinky poop. Uh, just like it. Just like it. It is terrible. But we really appreciate it. And every time we get a new review, it is absolutely thrilling. So, yeah. Yeah, if you do that terrible thing for us, you mm-hmm. will have our gratitude. And, you know, Zach, I was actually thinking, should we start reading reviews on the on the variants? Should we be uh, like, hey, if you write us a review, we'll read it? Nah. no i don't think anyone will want to listen to that um i don't mind calling out i I usually so generally i feel like generally the people who write reviews are in the club so you know i usually hop on slack and like thank people for their reviews Mm. but uh, i will i'll call out the last couple ones uh what's his name he's got a he or she i'm actually not positive tripper rider i think pretty cool pretty cool thank you for the review cs caldwell jill 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 nansen yeah, Jill Nansen, and then uh, who is this? This is Justin, I think, who is Rick Jones in a Bucky costume. I've all left reviews lately, so that's a good. That is a good iTunes username. Oh, I mean, that's like two two daggers into my one heart right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, all you got to do is put them on stilts, and that's that's the end of you. Uh, yeah, no, thank you very much for all of you who have done that. Again, you can go over to Patreon.com/slash/MyMarvelousYear to support the show, find reading lists. You can also find the reading list in the show notes for 1977 Marvel comics that are a coming on. Up. And you can write to us with questions, comments, feedback at mymarvelthisyear at gmail.com. 
Music for My Marvelous Year is by Disaster Peace. Thank you, Disaster Peace, for providing the tunes. And I'm Dave. You can find my work at compocarol.com. I will have probably a new guest with me next week. Um, Zach, thank you for joining us. And uh, I, I hope you're available again soon. It's so funny that you're doing this because like, I'm watching a lot of On Cinema at the Cinema. Mm-hmm. And that is like the perpetual joke for years and years and years on mm-hmm. that joke is that there's the host and the person who was on every episode, basically, he just keeps calling the guest and it really digs at him and he like desperately wants to be the co-host i definitely wasn't even calling you the guest i i just think it's just the way i phrase it makes it sort of sound like that um and and today i'm talking with well because you say today i'm talking with as if like you've ever talked to anybody else (laughs) i'm i'm your one and only friend in your whole life that is so true and boy am i happy about it All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks, everybody, and we will see you next year. See you next year.